Welcome to episode 6 of The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. This is our 2015 year in review. In this show, we will be talking about hobby progress, games played, and for our main topic, we'll be uh, doing a look back at 2015, and also looking forward into this year, 2016, with our predictions of what we'll see from GW, and our personal goals for painting and gaming. Also, in this episode, we'll find you'll find a Beyond the Rim segment on the game Zombicide, which is a zombie board game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'd also like to do a couple of quick plugs. The Greater Windsor Table Warriors is hosting a Highlander tournament this Saturday, January 16th at Brimstone Games. It starts first thing in the morning at 10 a.m. It's a thousand point tournament. There will be uh, three rounds and it uses a modified Highlander tournament, which is you can only bring one of each unit except basic troop choices. Uh, Dedicated transports you can only bring one of each. All the rules are up on itoysoldiers.com and there's a link on our Facebook page. Uh, speaking of which, you can find the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom's Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrongsideofmaelstrom, all one word. And our blog is on itoysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash users slash wrong-side-maelstrom. I'd also like to do a general shout-out to itoysoldiers. Uh, Rob, the administrator there, has just dropped a huge update for itoysoldiers, completely revamped the website. It's really cool. And also, he's doing a bug hunt contest. What this is, is you go on iToy Soldiers, and you look for, like, bugs or faults with the website, and you submit them. And for every one you submit, you get entered into a draw for a $25 gift certificate to the store of your choice. So even if you're not local to Windsor, Toronto, or Canada, you can still participate in this contest. Uh, You go to itoysoldiers.com, and you can find out about the bug hunt there. I'd also like to give a quick shout-out to Brimstone Games, my local store in Windsor, and uh, Games Workshop at Young Lawrence in Toronto, which is Jay's home store. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on iTunes uh, for the podcast, and it's also available on SoundCloud. And without further ado, without further ado, we'll get to the wrong side of the maelstrom. everyone hope happy holidays yeah. yeah hope everyone's having a good christmas or hanukkah or other miscellaneous hanukkah Tronica? Tronica? i think uh when this episode comes out it'll be like just before the end of the year no it'll be 2016 when this comes shut out. up get it done <laughs> i can't get it done i'm not in back in windsor till the new year yeah, and yeah. that's where my computer is so so then happy new year as well yeah all right happy new year <laughs> we're recording this like just after christmas about a week after the last one was recorded with yeah, Aaron, so, yeah. so yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Where have I been? I've been lost. You've been in Toronto. Yeah, you've been <laughs> lost in that shithole city called Toronto. <laughs> That's you know not as bad as Windsor. Well, or worse. <laughs> yeah, they're they're both bad in their own ways. But I mean, I think uh, having such a long uh, gap between recording episodes, I got a lot done in the last. 
little bit. Yeah, because uh, last time we recorded, it was November, yeah. I think. So. so I got a fair amount done in yeah. that time. So I don't know, you want to get right into like hobby progress? Start off with that? Yeah, I got nothing. So go ahead. <laughs> well, you just talked about all your stuff last week, so yeah. I guess this is going to be yeah. solid for me. All of, all like three models <clears throat> I yeah. needed. So, um, I splurged and I bought myself a nicer air gun, airbrush. Yeah, that thing looks high tech, man. Well, you know. It's still like a bottom of the line airbrush. Um, I forget the model name. I think it's like KS one sixty or something like that. Okay. Um, but it gets the job done. Basic airbrushing model. Right? Better than your other one. Yeah, way better than a canister air modeling. Why airbrushing? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but then I also set myself up with like a whole like hobby table, like yeah. a hobby desk, and we're gonna have all my stuff in one area. Yeah, it's a nice setup. We'll take a picture and post it on Facebook. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I don't know, that's kind of got me focused. And I also bought, um, because I go to the, the store a lot, like, uh, Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. I go there to do a lot of hobby products, a lot of painting and, and shit. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, but I always brought all my models and the paints that I was going to use that day in, like, a little box. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it because the models were starting to get chipped and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have it in foam or anything like that. Okay, yeah. So I ended up buying the, um, Citadel Skirmish case. Which I think was like fifty or sixty bucks, and I don't know for army transportation, it's not that great because it's so small. Unless you're bringing like a skirmish force, like a kill team force or something yeah, like yeah. that. But uh, for hobbying, it's awesome, man. Like the lower level, I put all my paints in, I put all my brushes, I put uh, some clippers and an exacto knife in case I'm gonna build something, right? Mm-hmm. And then the top level, I kind of have a little bit of foam that I can put whatever models I'm working on. So if I'm yeah. working on a squad, I kind of just keep it in there, right? Because I usually I try not to. Um, use a squad until it's built and painted mm-hmm. especially for my new army which i'll talk about later mm-hmm. um so yeah man that's working out awesome yeah and well, then actual like hobby progress stuff yeah i uh i think my hobby goal last time was to prime and base my whole tau army that didn't happen yeah. <laughs> well i got <laughs> caught up on something else but that's um, pretty bold yeah is, but so. i mean uh i got all my stealth guys primed and got the base color on, so there's not much else to do with them. I you've you've got them. more now, too, than... I don't know than last time we recorded, but you've got six now. Where... Yeah, I think maybe I picked up another squad, because I've been running that optimized stealth cadre. Yeah. Um, and I also bought two broadsides that I've been building, because I want to run the full three-man squad. Mm-hmm. So I bought those the other week, and now I'm slowly building them. And then I started working on my Riptide. I don't know. Doing a monstrous creature to the level that I want to do it at is a little intimidating. Yeah. But, I mean... I'm, Working on them slowly. Well, even with the... Because you've been doing it with the airbrush, and um, you've got the brown orange on it, and it kind of, like, fades to the black. It looks like the transition's really nice. So. Yeah, it's not going to stay like that, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not done, but, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. it, it kinda, looks better. It, it kind of looks like exhaust kind of yeah. coming up it's on, like the, he's been burnt, on the like yeah. some of the armor's been burnt a little bit. Well, I like that effect from the airbrush. That's not how it's staying on this model, but... Um, yeah. I did that for the power swords, the four swords on my Grey Knights, which I've started. Mm-hmm. So that's like my next project that I'm going to be doing is yeah. a Grey Knights Black Templar army. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so basically the whole army is going to end up having force swords, like Nemesis uh, Falchions. Okay. Like a lot of them are going to have that. Just like the like double swords. The double swords, like mass amounts of attacks. Yeah. And uh, I did like a little fading effect. I think I put a picture of one guy online, but maybe I'll take a photo of the actual sword that I've been doing. Yeah. Um, it's like a nice, like, white to very dark blue gradient. Yeah. That I airbrushed along the swords. It looks um, sick. 
So I started working, I got a strike squad, and I built five of them. I want to build them, paint them, and then build the other five, paint them. And then I almost bought a squad of Terminators today. Oh, you didn't actually Terminator. buy them? I didn't actually buy them, oh. though. I just bought a regular tactical squad. I think yeah. I'm going to do the Black Templar tactical squad first, or the Crusader squad. Well, if you do, you could just run an allied detachment on Grey Knights. I think that's the time Because yeah. you picked up the librarian today, right? No, I didn't either. No. Oh, God damn. <laughs> I told you, man, like, my goal for this army is I really want to, like, buy one unit, build it, paint it. Okay. Buy another unit, build it, paint it. Or else, I might as well just buy the whole yeah. fucking army. Okay, you've Castle and Crow, though, right? I have Castell and Crow, yeah. And how many tack marines do you have for... For Grey Knights? No, if for I... Black Templar. Over oh, Black Templar? Uh, just the ten? Just the ten. I'm pre- no, I have five assault marines that I bought. Okay. And then I bought the 10. So I have 15 guys. Technically, I have two squads. A 110-man and one 5-man. Five five yeah. Crusader. Okay, yeah, so you could Crusader run squad. a bound army then. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I can run a bound army with an allied... Grey Knights, yeah. Grey Knights, yeah. yeah. Um, I just have to build it all, which I'm doing slowly. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I started working on them, taking my time. Um, I, I like doing that, like, blue glow on the Grey Knights. Yeah. Where um, you end up using... Uh, Gilliman Blue, I think it's called. Oh, the like um, glaze. Yeah, the glaze. And I think that's. Uh, I think that's the name of it. The blue glaze. There's only one of them. So. Yeah, Gilliman Blue. Yeah. And uh, you kind of just like water it down to start, and you really do like a nice glazing effect on all the edges. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, when it when it hits the light properly, it's really cool. Because when yeah. you first look at it, it just looks like silver with maybe a little bit of hint of blue, and then as you like move it around the light, you catch it more. So that's on the armor, the glaze you're doing. Right? That's just on the armor. Yeah. Not on the weapons. Not on the weapons. Okay. Armor. And then uh, I had an old Ed, uh, third Ed, Emperor's Champion. Yeah. That uh, I green, uh, liquid greened. Yeah, the um, simple green. Simple green, yeah. Yeah. And stripped them. Uh, stripped them down, repainted them. I don't know. Uh, it was my first time using simple green. It's it, all right. I find it works. It wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. How long did you soak it for? Uh, like a day and a half. Oh, okay. Well, that online, that's what it said to do, but yeah. I, I'm sure you could do it for longer. For metal models, it was good. I had some towel guys that I bought uh, secondhand that I tried to strip, and plastic Yeah, metal not work so well. Okay, so metal I find really easy. Um, before I came back to Toronto for the holidays, I dumped a bunch of, a ton of stuff, and I'm planning on leaving it for at least three weeks, so even then, like, wow, I'm done. three weeks, eh? Wow. Well, it doesn't strip. Easily. It doesn't affect the model at all. I don't think so. Hmm. Hopefully not. I mean, okay. this is all used stuff anyway. So if it like ruins it, it's not a huge loss. But mm-hmm. I've I've left it in the juice for a while nice. before, and it has I haven't had a problem yet. So. And then uh, I ended up buying the uh, Black Templar upgrade kit, mm-hmm. and uh, I built one guy like a sword brethren to start off with one of the assault uh, marine guys. Now my one qualm was that there's a lot of like the um, the cloaks. Yeah. They come in the Black Templar upgrade spruce, mm-hmm. and they don't fit with the uh, assault marine legs because yeah. the assault marine legs, a lot of them have the front knee like coming real like, right, right, right forward, and the cloaks just come like straight down. So they don't. That's my own fault for not realizing that. But they'll work with the regular attack marine guys. They're just not going to be running. Yeah, are these the um, these are the new assault marines you bought, right? Yeah, the new assault marines. Yeah, kit, yeah. yeah. Um, but that kit on its own is is really nice. Yeah, and it comes with like little bits of rubble too that I'm gonna end up using on my bases because I've decided that I want all my bases to look fucking sick. Yes, <laughs> and they do look good. So I went with um, I, I kind of secret weapon bases. They have a few different uh, kind of like areas or like scenery. Oh yeah, they have a lot. Like yeah, a dozen different ones. Um, 
so I played around with them. At first, I was going to do, like, urban rubble. I wanted it to be, like, a city mm-hmm. uh, terrain. Yeah. But, uh, so I had, like, urban rubble, but I don't know. I didn't really like them. It seemed too um, World War II-ish. Yeah. So now you're... So I went with the urban streets, but I still wanted, like, ruined urban streets. I didn't mm-hmm. want, like, an Infinity-style, still modern urban. Yeah. Uh, so I just bought, like, a bunch of different flocking material, like the concrete bits that you, like, shave down, kind of mm-hmm. make how you want them to look. And then, like, this little, like, um, coarse, uh... Like, coarse, very coarse sand. Yeah. So, like, larger pieces. That's the same stuff I have, too. Yeah. yeah. And that work once you paint that gray, mm-hmm. and, you know, dry brush it in lighter gray, yeah. really spread it around the base, it makes it look for a good city rubble. Yeah. No, your so, stuff uh, looking I think really I put good. the photo online already. Yeah, you posted a base. I posted one base. Maybe yeah. I'll post more of them. No, I, th- I, I think we'll take a picture of your whole setup yeah, and post yeah. it. And, so. uh, yeah, I think that's it. It doesn't seem like a lot, but I've been taking my time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have four Finnish guys in front of me. And, then, <laughs> so. and I'm working on a fifth and a sixth guy right now. Yeah. So the only hobby progress is we went to Meeple Mart today. And I ordered a bunch of stuff on Boxing Day, and we picked it up today, and I picked up a bunch of other stuff. So I bought something for every game I'm playing right now. <laughs> uh, 40K-wise, I got the Battle Missions book, which was on clearance. So That's pretty cool. And it, it's a little old, too, eh? Yeah, I don't. I think it's... I want to say 5th edition mm-hmm. is when it's from, but possibly even 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go through that, see if there's any missions I can use in the upcoming campaign. That's the only thing I've been working on is the campaign yeah. in the last week. So if I find some missions, I'm making a mission chart where if you and your opponent, you can agree on a mission play or you can roll on a chart. Mm-hmm. And that's almost finished. So, um, yeah, and I got a land raider, basic land raider with the twin link glass cans, which I thought was nicknamed the Godhead pattern, but I couldn't find that anywhere online. So I think I just made that up. <laughs> so, or something else is called a Godhead land raider. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, Terminator Librarian with the, the Blood Angels Librarian. The Blood Angels one, that was cool. Yeah. So I might uh, convert him to have a Storm Shield as well as the Axe, and just mm-hmm. no Storm Bolt or anything. And Oh, and Terrain. That's the other thing. I got like Balsa Wood Pop-Out Terrain. So I got three kits of that. I got one that's like billboards, one that's um, uh, like just a big tube. Like a radiation to industrial tube yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just like this big pipe. And then I got this other little hex building that I'm going to take apart and just use the detail bits on, put them on my other buildings. I yeah, made. the building very... itself is really cool. Actually, all that terrain was made for Infinity. Yeah. But I've I've been hearing people saying, like, Infinity terrain is amazing, and now I see why. Yeah. It's just, like, it makes for the perfect city, city terrain. Yeah, it definitely does. It so. seems like so much of the GW city terrain is all, like, Ruin City. Yeah, that's true. And I understand that fits like the the aesthetic, the stuff, aesthetic of, of the of the game itself. But this other train is so awesome. Yeah, you want to have some buildings that like if you're just fighting over ruins, like there's nothing left to fight. But for not just want. that, like so much of that terrain, just give it a different because it's not painted. Yeah, exactly. So just paint it more ruined. You know, yeah, like yeah. a darker paint scheme. Yeah. I mean, the GW, add more weathering effects to it. Yeah, the GW train is awesome. I'm also. Oh yeah, the GW train is amazing. I really was tempted by the Imperial Sector today, <laughs> but I'm gonna. I'm still trying to make my own. Yeah. See if I can find a cheaper way to do that, but we'll see. Right on. Uh, so, I mean, we're gonna be recording. 
within the next week again? Yeah. Like, do you have any short-term goals you want to get done in the next yes, few days? Yes, I want to get my Land Raider built, my new Land Raider built, the Librarian built, and I want to get the new Land Raider and the old Land Raider base coated while I'm here. I picked up the uh, Mephiston Red air paint. Yeah. So we're going to take out your airbrush. And I like that air paint. We are talking about the Citadel Yeah, the air Citadel range. air range. Um, you know, it kind of sucks that it's not in like a, a drip bottle. Yeah. Right? It's in the, the classic pot style. And there's a lot of complaints about that. But I kind of understand from a business point of view. Like, they own the rights to it. Mm. Right? I don't know who owns the, the rights to like a drip bottle. Maybe nobody does. But it's like, well, you have all these pots already. Yeah. Right? You might as well just keep using them. And really, there's nothing like... You just take a pipette and you just suck the paint out. You just I mean, I guess you're wasting a little bit that gets stuck on the pipette that you kind of wash off. But whatever, man. It's been working fine for me. That stuff works great right out of the pot. Perfect. Which is what's it, what it's advertised yeah. as. Yeah. That you just put it right in your right into your airbrush and it's mm-hmm. ready to go. You don't have to water it down or anything. Sick. So, uh, yeah, we'll get that so done, we'll get two Land Raiders base, base coated at the very least. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also, oh, so, uh, short-term goals. Um, mine, I think before we do the next one, I wouldn't mind finishing the full Grey Knight squad. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That way we, I got the full five-man squad there. We could do f- Kill Team, too. We could do Grey Knights. Teams. I think, um, this week. I think the squad with Castella and Crow ends up being something like, uh, 300 points or something like that. Oh, so, <laughs> so you probably have kill team right here. Yeah. Like those four guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, we also, when we were there, we picked up a little little prize for the tournament that you guys have. Yeah, that's right. Windsor. So uh, the Greater Windsor Table Warriors, uh, Zarin Canal is running a Highlander tournament on January 16th. Uh, so sign up. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be signing up with my Blood Angels. I'm not going to talk about my list till after the tournament because I don't want... I know people in the club listen and I don't want to give them a heads up. There's a small chance I might be coming too. Yeah, hopefully Jay will be coming down too. And uh, Jay and I figured we want to promote the podcast a little bit. So while we were at Meeple Mart today, we picked up some uh, little prize that we're going to donate to the tournament. Yeah, we got some objective markers. Mm -hmm. Don't want to ruin them too much. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll put a photo up there. (laughs) But uh, they're cool. They're like little... um, Almost like ammo crates. Yeah. And they're like two parts, so it starts off with like a little question mark on the top, so you're putting them around the map, you mm-hmm. know, deploying all your objectives, and then once the game is about to start, you can like take off the top, sorry, I'm doing it right now, <laughs> you can take off the top, and inside radio. has like the objective number in it. Yeah, so they're numbered one through six, yeah. like a... Perfect for Maelstrom. So we're going to paint those up and donate them to the tournament. And there's no reason if you had little flat, object, like mysterious objective markers to number them. Yeah. There's no reason why you couldn't put it inside. That way you have the objective number and then what the mysterious objective is as well. Or if you're not playing Maelstrom but regular war. Or just regular war. Just grab the objectives when you uh, reach it. Just pull it off and like, oh, that's the number. I'm using. Yeah, you won't yeah, get any duplicates, yeah. but whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually you're not running six objectives in Eternal War, so... Just pull to it random. Yeah, because Eternal is what, three or five? Well, it uh, depends on the mission. Oh, okay. Like, Crusade is... <laughs> I don't play a lot of Eternal War. <laughs> the smallest number of objectives is two, and I think the most is six, mm-hmm. I want to say. Because it's like D3 plus... Depends on the mission. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, Purge the Alien is just kill points, so there's no objectives. Crusade is just each player places one, mm-hmm. and then there's a couple that are like D3 plus two. Right on. But I think there's one that's six, mm-hmm. so... Um, cool. You want to uh, get started on like games played? Did you play anything since your last? Uh, just uh, the moment with you. Do you want to 
Should I talk about that, or you? How about you talk about your games, then we'll go into our game. Alright, sounds good. Um, so, I mean, I've played a few games over mm-hmm. the last like month and a half, but I'm going to space them out because we have another podcast we're going to be doing. Um, but the one that I want to talk about, uh, it was probably about a month ago. I played against uh, Greg at Young and Lawrence. Okay. He plays. He played Tyranids. I think he also plays Necrons as well. But uh, we played uh, Longwise. Which way is that? Is that Hammer and Anvil? Yeah. Yeah. And Tau versus Tyranids. And Hammer I just and Anvil. Hammer and Anvil. And I just created like solid gun line, right? And this was before the ITC ruling for the uh, for the Hunter contingent. So we were playing like. Buffmander, if you join what he's shooting at, you get all the Buffmander traits. Oh, okay, and that was, um, they ruled against that, right? They ended up ruling against that, but we'll talk okay. about that afterwards. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it was still like a really close game. I ended up only winning by one point, and that was, our game was going to get cut short. So I'd like, I had bottom turn, so I drew, and I had like, objective blank, and it was like just outside of my gun line, and he had like a swarm of Hormagons, nice. or, or Termagons on top of it so I was like hmm moved up like a unit of stealth suits yeah like just like moved them as close as I could to it cleared out all the all the termagants in that area mm-hmm. and then ran the stealth suits assault jumped them onto the objective just to get the one point <laughs> to win but we were playing cloak and dagger as well where okay, we yeah, yeah. them but I told him I was like okay it's bottom of it's the last turn of the game I was like yeah. here's what I'm working for. So you, so we were both like enjoying, cause I'm all about like, no matter what the game type is, you should both be having fun. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know, we played a cloak and dagger game the other day. It's not, yeah. It's I, not I enjoy seeing what my opponent is trying to do mm-hmm. because that's like, you get more enjoyment over the rolling of the dice and are they missing and are they, yeah. right? I guess you could bluff though. Well, that's the, that's the whole thing about cloak and dagger, right? Is that you gotta, gotta guess what they're doing. I feel like it's not that much opportunity cause you kind of, I find you either score objectives that turn, or you're discarding them half the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, uh, so he had a. I think it was just. I don't know if there's like different types of lictors, but he had a lictor where it causes like, I think it's minus d six leadership to. It's either minus d three or minus d six leadership to like your warlord, which Whoa. when everyone is using the ethereals oh, uh, leadership, right, yeah. he just knocked minus d three. He knocked my my ethereals leadership down to seven. So I was like, well. Everyone has <laughs> seven leadership then, right? Um, so that was like number one target priority, and he can like infiltrate. So he was like eighteen inches or twelve inches away from me, yeah, with stealth and shrouded in cover. But thankfully, I ignored cover. So I just like everyone fire at him first. So I took him out first turn. Yeah, thank right? God. For so that. and once it's off the table, your leadership goes back up. Yeah, is that the Death Leaper, like the special character? I think that's what it is. Yeah, maybe. yeah, that sounds like it might be. And. uh then he had like a flying hive tyrant, which I had played a game a few months ago where the flying hive tyrant just like fucked my shit up. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a fair amount of damage to him first turn, and then second turn I ended up taking him out. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like massive hordes of tyrannid coming at me. Um, zonothropes. I used to be so scared of the zonothropes. But Why? I don't know. Now I'm not at all. It's like, yeah, okay, they got an invulnerable save. Who gives a fuck? Like, They're toughness four. You just double them out. Yeah. Um, or ignore them because they're not that good. One thing I did learn in that game, though, man, those, uh, what are the Tyranid Drop Pods called? Tyranid Drop Pods? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, right? Like the, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I don't know what they're, Tyranids? Those things, no. something, uh, anyways, something like whatever that. they're called, those things are a bitch, man. 
so yeah, hard. It's they, so hard to take out because they're super tough. Yeah, they stay on the table and they have good guns. So all they, all your opponent does is drop them like right in front of you, and it's like, well, I have other things to worry about. I'm just gonna eat the damage that you're feeding to me from. Yeah, because I don't right? have time to take out your floating monstrous creature. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun, man. I really, we actually have to get another game in. We want to kind of redo that game. Mm. just to get another with enough time with enough time to finish the whole game because that game was so much fun man because at the end um, I think we finished bottom of turn 4 so maybe only one more turn but everything of his was starting to like get into range right I mean I had done a lot of damage to him but it was still like okay where's this game going yeah Um, and then you and me played a game oh one thing I just wanted to ask um, was Greg using the I don't know what they're called. They're like the big um, living bomb things. Yes, I think he was, yeah. Yeah, a lot of Tyranid players seem to be running those as troops. Mm-hmm. They like come in the draw pod set. with the, they're, they're bigger than the usual spore mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like huge. I don't know if he was using those particularly. I know he had spore mines. But yeah. I know he does have some of those, so the last cool two, go up against those. The last two Nid players I played both ran them. yeah. So. Um, and I know he just got a bunch of stuff for like a like there's a formation for the Leviathan, where everything yeah. comes like underground deep striking at once. <sighs> so I really want to go up against that. It has like the was it Marlocks or Marlocks? Yeah. yeah, those are awesome. So that'd be cool. I love playing against Tyranids, man. Um, but yeah, then uh, you and me played a game. What was it on Wednesday? Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, Young and Lawrence, fifteen hundred points. I was running Blood Angels. You were running Tau. Mm-hmm. I had fair enough. I knew more yeah. or less how your ta- how your blood angels play. Well, I have enough points of blood angels I can mix it up. But I was running a, like a deep strike assault list. So yeah. two five man tactical squads, two ten man assault squads, two dreadnoughts and drop pods, and that was more or less it. I kitted up captain, yeah. my fifth company captain. I used the special character creation rules, so he was rocking an eviscerator and like four attack space yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I deep struck everything in. We were playing Maelstrom Boar, Cloak and Dagger, Vanguard Strike Deployment. There was a big, um, Fortress Redemption in the middle of the table. Yeah, good little line of sight blocker. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a good game. I was grabbing points every turn, but I usually got two of my three objectives every turn. You were usually getting three. So you were, like, consistently ahead. You also got first blood. Yeah, Um, well, the thing was, I knew that you played, like, a... A pretty heavy drop pod style army, so I put uh, early warning override on my broadside unit, on one of my two ghost keels, and on my riptide. Yeah. So basically, what I figured was, well, if you're going to be jumping my face, even if you have first turn, I still want to shoot at you first. Yeah. Well, Which, I, t- I always take second turn with that army if I yeah, can. Yeah, but regardless, you're on the table first. I still. Like, as soon as you come on the table, I want the shot at you. Yeah, I think, come in. I think the best line of the game was, uh, why is there so much shooting? Why are you shooting me so much on my turn? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've also changed up the way that I'm playing my tower. I used to play a lot of infantry, and I don't know, maybe I've just given in to, to the <laughs> yeah. mechs. But I'm playing more mech heavy now. No storm surge or anything like that, but like one riptide, two ghost keels, unit of broadsides yeah. with the buff mander, right? Got a unit of Pathfinders just to get that marker light support. Two units of uh, and then just like suits. two units of self suits. Yeah. That's uh, for the formation. I guess they're infantry, but um, but that um, comes. You have to take them with the formation. 
lots of big monstrous creatures. Yeah, I so. mean, those ghost kills are so unassuming, man. Like, people go, oh, well, I'll just charge you because you're tower. It's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm a monstrous creature, though, with a 3-plus save. And three attacks at AP2. Yeah. Which is... Like, I played a game that I'll... I won't go through the whole game, uh, but it was against Necron guy, and his warlord and his unit of flayed ones had been kind of, like, withered down, Mm -hmm. and my ghost kills were within charge range. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going for it because I want the warlord kill. Yeah. Right? So I charged in, killed the warlord with my ghost kills. Right? Close-fought battle, but it's still like, okay, well, AP2, strength 6... Yeah, I'm not I saying s- no to that, man. Yeah, I still feel like I feel like the Tal mechs are too good in assault. Like I don't feel well, like they're monstrous creatures, right? Yeah, but they shouldn't get AP two. I feel like <laughs> they don't have fearless. Okay, they shouldn't have three attacks. For, like, <laughs> That's a fair. Non combat yeah. army. Yeah. If it was one or two attacks, okay, two pushing it for me, but yeah. three is. Like I charged in there with a full assault squad against your ghost keels, and like I did some damage, but. Like, well, then you I lose. Them, you ended up taking them all out, right? No, I think I took one out, and then we finished the game. Oh, right, the game ended. Yeah, we yeah. landed, yeah, because mm-hmm. we just stuck in. Um, there was another, I drew a card for, like, Seize Objective 4, and it was, like, back towards my zone. I yeah. Ended up, like, jumping an assault squad back there when maybe I should have just pushed forward with it. But it's, well, it's like, you should play to the objectives, not, like, try and kill the other guy. But, like, I think that kind of hurt me a lot. Yeah, against Tau, when you have, like, long-range weapons, yeah, like long-range, 36 extra... inches, kind of... Well, gave you an extra turn or two to shoot them. Yeah, exactly. And they, they die the next turn. When someone's running a fire line, you got to get in their face. you got to start locking up their units in close yeah. combat, whether you're killing them or not. Yeah. Um, I didn't have enough uh, objective. I Too many big units. We talked about this afterwards, how I should have been, like, combat squatted them. Yeah, so I had more units to, to shoot, shoot at. Yeah. I had more flexibility to go grab objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still a fun game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I just ran a combined arm attachment and then the uh, optimized stealth cadre, I think it's yeah. called. Um, because I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to like the ITC polls and all that, but the community did a polling for um, the Hunter Contingent. So can you explain what ITC is first for anyone? Yeah, so know? it's the, inter- uh, the independent tournament community, and... Uh, a lot of tournaments are circuit. Run. I think circuit. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what I think it is. Circuit circuit. In well, yeah. independent tournament circuit. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, I haven't actually been to one, but I know that a lot of people play off of those rules because it's yeah. really like the community voting on like what we think is fair and what we don't think is fair. So even though yeah. GW has an FAQ, the Hunter contingent, the community's been like this, and this is how we think it should be. Well, it, well GW puts out vague, unclear rules that they don't come back and look at. So. <laughs> I believe the ITC is run by Frontline Games, which is out so, in yeah. California. Mm-hmm. They run those guys run a bunch of tournaments, so they've set up a tournament standard that anyone can adopt to run tournament. I I don't know what the screening process is. Like I don't know if you and I could run an ITC tournament. Yeah, but, I doubt it. But but there's they're all over the place. Like they're all over North America and I think internationally, like across the pond and stuff. Don't know about that for sure, but I'm sure they. Do. I feel like they would be. Yeah. But anyways, it's a common. Um, it, they have their own free FAQ to the rules that a lot of people adopt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was some discussion on the forums for Greater Windsor Table Warriors adopting it. We're talking about right now. We're having discussions about um, 
sort of rebuild, not rebuilding, uh, formalizing the club, like coming up with certain rules just in case there's a dispute in the future. I've mm-hmm. been posting about it. And I think using ITC rulings is mm-hmm. like a great way to just like, the guys, this is how we're playing. Yeah. Everyone can look it up online. All yeah, the rules exactly. there. And then it constantly changes. So it's not like, this is how we're ruling it. And then every time something that comes up that's controversial, you guys all have to get together and talk about it. It's like, no, just go vote for ITC. Yeah. And then that way, not only that, when you play someone not from your community, mm-hmm. it's kind of the general consensus is how we should play. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh... um, so what they ended up voting was that the only thing you gain from uh, coordinated firepower mm-hmm. is you get the share marker lights and you get plus one ballistic skill. Yeah. So, so you don't the get all the... You, get, you don't get the... If someone... If you have a buff mander and then everyone fires with them, you don't get the buff mander's benefits. Just the squadron that's shooting with the buff mander yeah. gets it. So basically they ignored the the statement that says all models, like yeah. all units firing count as one unit. Yeah. They scratched that part out and they're just like, yo, that's what it is. Like, because people were also using Dark Strider, who's a special character, who... Mm. Um, He's like allows, a pathfinder. He's like a pathfinder guy, but he allows the unit that he's with to give the enemy unit that you're shooting at minus one toughness. So yeah, <laughs> so you basically you have a strength five button that's insta killing your average troop marine or well, not a marine guard. but like guard or Eldar, anything yeah. like that, right? Tau itself, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I understand it, and you know what? Like even without that, even without. Uh, the way people like the hardcore people were playing mm-hmm. coordinated firepower yeah that's still like the core uh, the hunter contingent is still an amazing formation yeah a great detachment like I still run that on a regular basis in a 1500 point game mm-hmm. I just didn't in this game for because this. I wanted it to be a bit more yeah. competitive well I think we're doing we're going to play some more games sometime this week yeah for sure I know that because you want to start practicing for your thousand points for the uh, tournament yeah, I'd like to practice for that. I wouldn't mind doing a rematch at 1500 with my Is that what you want, list. eh? Yeah. <laughs> Come back for more. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, I think in the ITC it has the FAQ'd rerollable and vulnerable saves or rerollable saves. I, that or was, I think, in the one before, maybe. In oh, the, they took it out. In the poll before. Yeah. But I think now it's like 2 plus 4 plus. I don't think you're allowed to have 2 plus 2 plus. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's what I Which is still fucking amazing, but. Yeah, but like it's not. As broken, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll I'll take what I can get at this point against yeah. Dark Angels. So, well, it's not just Dark Angels; it's also uh, Zenish too, right? The Screamers. Yeah, is that, is that Screamers? Or is that Slanesh or is that no? Slanesh? That's Zenish. Is, is Zenish They're yeah. like the uh, Stingray looking. Yeah, the, the Screamer Star. Yeah, yeah. is um, that still a thing? I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. people still use that. Yeah. That was back in like fifth ed or yeah. oh, really? sixth ed or something. <laughs> the Screamer Star. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, actually, do you mind if I talk about my new army? Yeah, Jay, I mind. <laughs> I mind. Podcast isn't about you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go ahead. Um, so I think we mentioned before that the new army that I was going to start up was uh, Grey Knights and Black Templars army. But I actually like got together my like full first... I think it's 1,500 points. It might be 1,850 that I... Uh, Your list, put right? Put together my first yeah. list that I'm going to start building. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was going to buy today the uh, Strike Force, the Space Marine Strike Force. Oh, yeah. But it came with, like, some extra stuff. And I was like, no, no, I can't focus on buying that. I need to focus on what I've come down on my first list. Yeah, like Draw Pod, Storm yeah. Talon, those weren't in your list. So I'm going to talk about it. I mean, I think you and me have talked about it briefly. But I wouldn't mind the community posting on Facebook. I'll also write the list down on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And maybe the community can give me some critiques. And 
and all you that shit. You should sign up for iToy Soldiers. Post it on the forums. I, I don't know. I feel like I have an account there. I just haven't used it. But yeah, no, I will. Well, you should yeah, do that. Just. I should because we're on there a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's our, like, our blog is on there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it is a fluff army. It's not meant to be super competitive. I don't know if I would use it as a, at a tournament because Grey Knights in itself aren't what they used to be. Yeah. You got Tau. Black Templar. Yeah, exactly. I'll use my Tau for tournament stuff. Yeah. But, um, so, first off, you have the Black Templar side. Um, it's small. It might even be an allied detachment. Mm. But it has the Emperor's Champion with a, um, 10-man, well, a 14-man Crusader squad, 10 initiates, all with close combat weapons. Yeah. And then four, uh, neophytes with, uh, shotguns. Mm-hmm. Put them in the front line. Hopefully, with the smaller armor save, they uh, get killed off in Overwatch. At least yeah. one of them. Because the Black Templar chapter tactic is if you lose uh, a model with the Black Templar chapter tactic, mm-hmm. in the shooting phase or in Overwatch, um, your every model with Black Templar... In that unit. Or the whole army. I think it might be the unit. It might be the whole army, but I gotta double check. But I think it... Let's just say the unit... Okay. Gets rage and counterattack. Yeah. So it's like, yo, you want to shoot me in Overwatch? That's cool. You take out one guy, my whole unit gets plus one to attack. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're probably going to wipe you out anyways, but yeah, that just helps. And yeah, then I'm going to give, sure. give them all plasma weapons because it doesn't say if the enemy kills. It just says if a model dies in the shooting phase <laughs> or Overwatch and it gives yeah. you counterattack. So it's like if I roll a one and don't make my armor save, yeah, then I'm giving down. myself... Better attacks as well, right? Yeah. So it's okay with you losing a model. So I'm going to be giving, like, maximum amount of plasma weapons as I can in the units, too. Nice. Plasma pistols. Um, and then another five-man unit with... I think I'm going to give them grav guns. Originally, I think I had them with plasma, but I think I'm going to switch up to grav. Yeah. Just to add a little bit of grav to the, to the army list, because I don't have any right now. Yeah. In a drop pod, so you lay the drop pod down on an objective, move the other guys to another objective. Yeah. This was five guys, you said? Just five guys, yeah. So grav and colony grav? I'm thinking so, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, that's it for Black Templar. I had a Dread Knight in there, but because I'm doing, I think it's called the Nemesis Strike Force for Grey Knights, where everyone mm-hmm. comes in, or you start rolling for reserves on turn one. Yeah, it all comes in together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it all comes in together. No. No, you just start rolling on turn one for your reserves. Um, if I want to, and I have a Storm Raven, mm-hmm. if I want the Dread Knight to be, come in on the Storm Raven, it has to be a Grey Knight's one. It can't be a Black Templar one. Yeah. So I have Castellan Crow. Mm-hmm. With a unit of uh, with a strike squad unit, mm-hmm. but that's combat squatted, right? In a storm raven with the dreadnought. Now strike squads just power armor gray knights. It's just power armor gray knights. They're yeah. not like the jump pack ones, right? No, like just that. regular okay. gray knights. But I mean, gray knights can all have like different weapons. So like, yeah, regular I mean, is like he has a storm bolter and two close co- and two like force nemesis swords. Yeah, like right? I know Fashions. regular gray knights are still like the elites for, of other space Yeah, yeah they're really much, good. So yeah. like the way I have um, the two strike squads mm. um, laid out is the one that Castell and Crow is with has three guys with uh, nemesis falchions. So yeah. Two, two swords. Um, one guy with an incinerator and then one guy with a nemesis uh, force, force stave. Sta- is this? Yes. Yeah, force stave. Yeah, or stave ward. Which gives the unit stage, adamantium yeah. will. So basically, the if anything is cast on the unit, they deny the witch on a 4+. plus. Yeah, which is good. Because they're also psychics as well. Yeah. And Castellan Crow has cleansing flame as well. So so obviously, the, and then force weapons. So um, 
trying to cast force for the insta kill. Right. Excellent. Um, and then the other unit is similar, but instead of the stave, it has a hammer. Okay. So it's more looking to go take out maybe tanks or something like that. Or like a big MC. Yeah. 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 And then um, I have a level three librarian deep striking with a five man unit of terminators. Mm -hmm. Similar double force uh, falchions. Yeah. With a hammer in there. And then I haven't decided what special weapon I'm going to give. Maybe something a bit heavier, like, like a side cannon yeah. or something like that. Um, and then it has the Dreadnought, the Storm Raven. I think that's it. That comes pretty close to 1,500. Oh, and, a, of course, a Land Raider Crusader for the Black Templars. For the big squad. For yeah. the big squad. They all go in there. And uh, Yeah, because that, that would fit an allied detachment. Yeah. That's all you're taking. Yeah. You're just taking the... Well, don't forget the Land Raider Crusader is also a troop choice. Like yeah, a, no, I know. Yeah, it's a it's a dedicated transport. Yeah. So that's only two troops in HQ, right? Yeah. yeah. Were you running a third, a uh, second HQ in that army? No, not army. Not in the Black Templar one. Not in my original like fifteen hundred point list or eighteen chaplain or anything. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's just it. And uh, it's very much like get the. Well, it's a close combat army first and foremost. Yeah, obviously. Sick. But it's like get the two champions into close combat. The Emperor's champion is. I mean, he always has to issue a challenge, but he's still good outside of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, Selen Crow, not so much. He has to be in a challenge to be good. Because yeah. his weapon, it, it's funny, in the Codex, in the Grey Knights Codex, it gives a stat line for the weapon that he has mm -hmm. with strength user, AP nothing. Yeah. But when he's in a close combat, when he's, sorry, when he's yeah, in challenge. a challenge, he re-rolls all saving throws, and mm -hmm. he has smash. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah, because he runs a demon sword. It's a demon sword where it's like, oh, he's so pure of spirit, he's the only one that can actually, like... Carry it. With carry it, so it's like, I'm just protecting the sword so nobody else has it. Yeah. But right? it, the, I think they would, like, the way it works is he can't... He doesn't use the demon sword's abilities, so yeah. it's just like a regular blade. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But he himself in close combat, and the challenge is, is amazing. He's that good, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, so many units have hammer hand. So you still cast Hammerhand on him, and he still has Strength 8, AP 2. Strength 8? Well, it doubles your Hammerhand, doubles your Strength, doesn't it? Or does it just give you plus 2? I'll have to check I that. I think it's just plus it 2. It might just be plus 2, but still Strength 6. Yeah, so you're generally wounding on 2s. Yeah, if not insta-killing most regular guys other than yeah. Toughest 4, range, right? Which is or 9% of like what yeah. people play. Um, but so, so it's a close combat army, yeah. with a little bit of Psychic in there as well. Nice. Yeah, it's a nice change from my Tau army. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I'll post that army list online and people can yeah, give some, some feedback. critiques and stuff, yeah. Remember, it is supposed to be a fluffy army, so. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. It think... looks beautiful, those bases, too. Yeah, I love the bases, man. They'll feel great on a certain player's urban table. <laughs> well, so, I didn't yeah. realize until after I bought them that, like, oh, like, secret rep on urban streets. That's the exact table that you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so, urban streets. Should be good. Um, cool, man. So you want to take a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, our main topic for today? Yeah, definitely. See you, man. For this episode, we wanted to do a look back on 2015 and then a look forward to 2016. Mm -hmm. See, coming off the end of the year, and this, is, this episode will be dropping shortly in the new year. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think the big thing that happened from Games Workshop in 2015 was the Decurion-style detachment. I think that's the big thing. I think that's what everyone's going to be talking about when they do their year in reviews. Yeah, so 
For anyone who doesn't know, a Decurion style detachment is a detachment made up of multiple formations that when taken gives this global special rule, mm -hmm. depending on what it is. So almost every codex, it was every codex from the Necrons onwards, I'm pretty sure, got this. Maybe not the Adeptus Mechanicus. I feel like they have some. I feel like good. everyone has one. Maybe they're not all as good as some of the other. Yeah, like you don't see the out. Eldar one being run very mm -hmm. much. Because the global special rules, they get to run six inches. You don't roll for it. They just get that they six inches. They run, but it's like Eldar have so many good stuff. Anyways. Good stuff to begin with. They don't need a formation like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's the Decurion style. It comes from that because the Decurion detachment was the first was one. Was the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mine is called the Hunter Contingent, the Space Marine one, and the Demi Company. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know what the I really like the called. Space Marine one. Uh, it well, doesn't really doesn't work. Like it does, yeah, transports. it doesn't like free transport, man. Free drop pods. <laughs> like, oh. or not even that. Free racer packs. Yeah. Right? Um, I guess you could work it into a Black Templar and take free Land Raiders. Oh, fuck, I didn't even thought of that. <laughs> Does that say... Because you, you don't have to take a... Um, Does just... oh, I don't know if you're allowed to take Crusader squads in it, though, that's the thing. And only Crusader squads can take... Land Raiders. Yeah, I think... I, I doubt they would allow that, man. That's way too overkill. Yeah, you're not doing And that you would see people play. using it already if that was the case. Yeah. No, I think it's tactical squads. Yeah. Crisis averted. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why nobody plays Black Temple. <laughs> so, with um, Decurion style detachment, you take one or more core yeah. detachments. So, in the case of the Space Marines, it's a demi company. So, four tactical squad, salt squad, deficit squad, and a captain. Mm -hmm. And then you take a certain number of auxiliary formations, formations. Yeah. which might be like some uh, aircraft. Uh, for the Tau, the Stealth Cadre. The Akhmai Stealth Cadre. Yeah, yeah there's also the, like, the Retaliation Cadre is really yeah. good as well. I mean, to be fair, a fair amount of them are kind of, you'll probably never use them. Unless you're up against like a specialized opponent that you have to, yeah. that'll be good against. But yeah, a yeah. fair amount of them you won't. Like there's one that's like the Allied Detachment for, or the Allied Cadre mm. for Tau, which is like three units, it's like three or four units of crew and two units of Vespid. Oh, or something like that. And like the Vespid, they all get supporting fire for each other and then the Vespid can infiltrate. But it's like, even then, do I really want to take four units of crew and two units of Vespid? Yeah. No. So then why am I spending the points on this? Yeah. It's, it's cool because they're very fluffy. Like they're supposed to represent this is how a Tau army operates. Yeah, that's that's them. what I like about Decurion is it's a true representation of how the army is supposed to be played. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, since playing like Decurion style versus non-Decurion style, it's way better if your opponent is also playing a Decurion style. Yeah. It's way more even. I played a game where it was Necrons versus Tau. We were both using our Decurion style detachments, and it was a very even game. Yeah. Right? Whereas if you just play it against someone using a CAD... Um, you're probably going to wipe the floor I get objective secured. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help when my army's tabled. Um, yeah, so that's that was the big thing. There's also a lot of codexes released this year, man. A yeah. lot of codexes. So let's uh, go through them then. So Harlequins. I think that one came out just before I started playing again. Yeah. Uh, Necrons. Corn Demonkin. Uh, two Adeptus Mechanicus. So yeah, the Skitari yeah. and the Cult Mechanicus. Skitari, so amazing. Yeah. If well, I if I get into thirty k, I think I might get into Mechanicum. 
God damn it, that's what I want. Oh, really? No, I thought you were going to go Blood Angels. Well, I don't know. (laughs) No, I'm definitely not doing... I'm not doing a Red Army. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, um, anyways. I may or may not. I don't know what I want to do. Just build an army together, my friend. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Eldar, specifically Craftworld Eldar. Mm -hmm. Imperial Knights. Dark Angels. When did the Imperial Knights one come out? Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if they have a Dakarian-style attachment. They, I don't think they do. I don't know what they. Although the new kit that came out is really nice. Which one's that? The, the new night kit mm. with the different weapon options. And oh, stuff. cool! Yeah, yeah. yeah anyways, we'll get to the kits in a minute. Uh, Space Marines, Dark Angels, and of course Tau. Tau. Was there anything that came out at the end of the year? No, I, I mean uh, Battle of Kalth. Well, Battle of Kalth, yeah, but I mean, like codex-wise, information-wise, I mean, with the campaign books that came out for the Tau, I know. Yeah. Uh, included other armies with some formations. Like, I know now... Raven Guard, White Scars. Not like that, but Imperial Guard now Cadia. have a Decurian-style formation Cadia. in the Mokka book. Yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, it's pretty good, too, from what I remember reading on it. Good for Imperial Guard. <laughs> if you sense bitterness, it's because of all three armies I own. None of them have Decurian-style attachments. <laughs> I think so. you're going to get them. I think, likewise, if you don't get new codexes in the new year... You're going to be getting campaign books with your armies in them, getting those formations. Okay. So, we'll see what happens. Hold then on, I gotta hold buy, on to like, <laughs> Yeah, and hold on to money that I need to spend on new rule books. Well, yeah, I mean, technically you don't need them, but yeah, people yeah. know the rules. Just figure out what the formation actually is, and then... Yeah. Anyway. Battle scribe, man. <laughs> yeah, with all its mistakes. Yeah, but it's still, at least you can figure out what the formations need and what the rules are with them. Yeah. So, anyways, lots of new books, like, just count here. So, that that's over ten books that came Codexes, out. Codexes, yeah. No Codexes. new edition or anything like that, thank God. Thank Christ. <laughs> when did the last edition come out? Two years ago. Was it two years ago? Not so, even. I don't know, you might a see a new edition coming out. Yeah, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, but you know what, man? The thing that I noticed coming back to the game... Dude, these new models are amazing. Mm. Like, the quality of the models that GW is bringing out now... Are just yeah. like mind-blowingly better than what I was used to. I was used to like third ed dark Eldar, and I come <laughs> back to like these beautiful gray knight models, the new Tau models looking even like when I first got back into the game, the Tau models they look nice, but they kind of still look like the Tau. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. The new stuff that's coming out, like like that Strike Squad box, like all the extra bits that come with it, the gray knight squad, the fact that I can get like a chapter upgrade for my Black Templar and stuff, mm-hmm. just. So much more detail. New broadsides. New broadsides look great too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, so many many amazing models came out. Do you have. So much better than the ones pictured in the Battle Missions book. Yeah. (laughs) You can even (laughs) then you can see it. Yeah, old dirty. That's that's how I knew that that book was old because I looked at the photos like, this models are ugly. So, do you have like any favorite models that you've seen come out this year? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with the Harlequin range. Those models are so sick. See, yeah, that's interesting. I want to talk about that a bit, because I, I don't know, I feel the Harlequins are so tacky, but I guess that kind of goes with the fluff of how they look. Oh, just like all the bright colors and stuff? Yeah, that like checkered scheme and everything. They just seem like, hey, we took our Eldar models and we put checkers on them and jester masks. Buy them. I think the poses for a lot of them are like, crazy good with yeah, like yeah. jumping and leaping and yeah that, that and one character that you have the solitaire the solitaire yeah. that's a beautiful that guy is a beautiful model yeah 
Yeah. But like to range a whole army of it, I feel like I'm just playing a laughing stock of Eldar. Well, they're the worshippers of the laughing god. Well, that's fair enough. But their codex <laughs> is also very laughable. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows it. Uh, anyway, I liked Rangelmans and uh, Allied my Dark Eldar. They're a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. the models are great. Now that my three are painted up. Um, sweet. Uh, I mean, I'm biased, ahead. but that ghost kill model mm. is amazing. Yeah. Just an absolute beautiful model. Yeah. Um, just like so much detail. The fact that they're giving you options on the model now as well, like open top or like yeah, how yeah, you yeah. can open up the cockpit or not, mm-hmm. like how you want to position it. Um, that's really cool. Uh, I would have to say, well, I'm also, that's the new Imperial Knight kit mm-hmm. that came out. I... If I get an Imperial Knight, I want to do that. I posted a picture on Facebook of a Forge World conversion. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. But I want to post I want to pose him so he's, like, carrying a Gatling gun and, like, holding <laughs> it in the cool. fist. Yeah. <laughs> so that model is knocked out of the park. The first one was great, but now this one's even better. Mm-hmm. Um, not just 40K, but, like, and we're kind of going outside of 40K right now, obviously, but um, the, the Age of Sigmar stuff, man. It's really nice. Yeah. Well, you can use, like, all the corn stuff. Is, and that's what I was going to say, like, a lot of the demon stuff. Uh, I'm going to talk later about some of the Age of Sigmar stuff that I'm starting to get into. Mm-hmm. But, I'm like, I'm going to get some of that demon stuff, man. Yeah. Some of the Nurgle demon stuff is pretty awesome. Well, I did up a list that was, like, based on the Age of Sigmar starting kit. For, yeah. Like, a corn list. Because mm-hmm. the models in there are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Archeon. I still have an Archeon built at, yeah. at GW, and it is just... The thing's ridiculous. Yeah, what a phenomenal model, man. Yeah. That might be the single-handedly best model I've ever seen GW bring out. <laughs> just so much detail, man. It's a good model, don't get me wrong. I don't know there are, like, little birds, team. like, flying off, like, the rock that he's, yeah. like, standing on. <laughs> yeah, the, um, do I was going to mention this next, the new Bloodthirster kit that came out. Another beautiful model, oh, yeah. That, um... Uh, Oh, no, we're going to get to next year, what we want to see in 2016. But, yeah. Um, um, but I, I don't know, when did all the Tyranids, so when did Leviathan come out? Last year? In 2014? Yeah, or in early so. 2015. But the new Tyranid stuff looks 2014. so phenomenal, yeah. man. So, so phenomenal. That, yeah, that was 2014. Yeah, but, but the um, since we're on the topic, the uh, Toxicrine, like the poison guy with all the whip Yeah, arms, yeah. Want to get that planet. Looks really cool. I've seen them in gameplay before, and so hard to like maneuver around because like those like tentacles that come out, all the whips that come out are nice. way off of the base. Yeah. So it's like, oh look, there's this. I want to get close to this piece of terrain. I can't because my tentacles get in the way. Nice. <laughs> <Just> excellent. <laughs> Anything to ruin the gameplay. <laughs> um, Anything to bring us out of the game. Yeah. That kind of speaks to the fact that he's like a this giant monstrous creature coming down a. Yeah. A street or something like that. You can't get up against the wall. You just yeah. come pummeling down the street. Um, when I eventually redo my nids, I might make that a theme with all the like tentacle faces. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I think you can get gene stealers to look like that, and lictors have it too. So cool. Um, maybe I'll... That would be a cool like little allied force, like gene stealers, lictors, and toxicrines. Yeah, that would be really neat. And uh, venomthropes too. Yeah, venomthropes are awesome. Give that... Uh, they give shrouded or stealth? I think they give shrouded. Yeah, six inches. Yeah. Um, but also all, like, the, the Admex stuff coming out. Oh, this yeah. This Qatari stuff looks so sick, man. Just the regular, are they just called Rangers? Yeah, yeah. with the hoods. I just love those, just basic troop toys. They might, single-handedly, aside from Fire Warriors, be my favorite, uh, yeah. looking troop toys. 
yeah, running Skitari as like a small detachment with mm-hmm. my Blood Angels might be, have to happen. Yeah, not really. I'm the Dune Striders. Those are like the little two legged walkers, right? I think so. What are the bigger ones called? Like the four legged ones? Dune Strider Large? <laughs> I don't know. They both look amazing. Uh, all the Admech stuff just looks phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I really have to like pace myself at getting new armies. Yeah. But I really want an Admech army. The Electro Priests with the stage. Oh, yeah. Those guys look so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you can just like, with them all, you can feel the electricity coming off of, yeah. the, off of the weapons. Oh, you know what I'm going to. What I might end up doing, or what we could do together, is split a kit of rangers or something mm-hmm. and use it for Inquisitor stuff. Oh, that's true, yeah, because yeah. we yeah. do want to get into 28 mil Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, uh, so anything else you want to mention model-wise? New stuff that came out? Oh, okay, I will mention Blood Angels Chaplain. That oh, yeah, wow. Just phenomenal. Uh, you, you think that they, you've seen it all for 2015, and then they just drop that. And the normal. Execution Force for Assassins. Yeah, those, those models, models are beautiful too. If I didn't already own two of them, yeah, that probably probably would pick that up. Uh, the other thing I'll mention, oh, so I'll just drop this right now. The next uh, captain I want to make is Emperor's Champion model, <laughs> with a shield in his fist, uh, crest from the uh, Dire Avenger X arc, and then the new Blood Angel Chaplain backpack. <laughs> Fourth company captain. That would, yeah, that would look so amazing. And then I'll just get a regular backpack. <laughs> That's all I kept captain. bashing, but it would look so good. Yeah, well, all I need is the backpack, and then I have everything else. Because it's going to be one of those, like, Spartan shields I have on the Terminators. Yeah. So just one of those round third-party shields. Mm, we saw some amazing third-party shields today at uh, Meeple Bar. Oh, God, there's so much good stuff. <laughs> I easily could have walked out of there spending, like, a grand today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I think, like... We've talked about 2015, the things that we've liked. Is there anything you didn't like in 2015? I think you have a bit of a problem with some of the Decurion stuff, but I don't know if that comes from spite of you not having it yourself. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, I don't like this... I like new stuff coming out, but I don't like having to rebuy rule books. So, like, the mm-hmm. speed of... If that pace continues, I need to buy more books for, like... That's the thing. I want my arms to get updated, but they just were updated. All yeah. of them have been updated in the last two years. Now, we were talking before, um, when we weren't recording, about um, how Age of Sigmar has free rules Yeah, that, online. And I know that you're a big fan of that. Um, well, I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I love the codexes. They're mm-hmm. beautiful books. They're, I like having the fluff and the pictures and stuff, but they are over-costed. Okay. Have you seen online that GW is now selling? So they sell their, like, digital versions. Yeah. They sell, like, a digital PDF, and then they sell, like, an enhanced one where you can click the rules and it brings it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're also selling just the rules, no fluff, for, like, 25 bucks. That's still... And it's just the stat lines. That's still pretty expensive. 25 bucks? Yeah, for rule. I don't know. It's... You spend... I mean, not saying it's not expensive, but you spend, like, 40 bucks on an individual model. Yeah, true. Right, well, and it is overpriced, I know that, but, like, 25 bucks for your army's updated rules with, like, no, a, with no fluff. Okay, a codex, like, I'm looking on your shelf, you got the Tau Empire Codex and the Space Marine Codex side yeah. by side. The Tau Empire Codex should be $40 maximum, or th- should be $30, but it's a $60 book. Yeah. And I'm comparing that by Fantasy Flight Games, which does licensed books of GW, 
where I can go out and buy a 400-page full-color rulebook for $60 or $70. Mm-hmm. Or I can go out and buy a Space Marine Codex that's 150 pages for the same price yeah. or more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. It's the same, I would argue, the same quality, and it's, like, double or triple the price. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not saying that you think the 40K codexes should be... Um, free, but you think that they should be lowered in price. Uh, okay, I would like to see free rules, because I'd rather spend my money on models yeah. and rules. I, I don't want to see 40k get the whole Age of Sigmar treatment. And I think like, that's why the rules are free for Age of Sigmar, is because it's like, yo, we just fucked your game up. <laughs> so <laughs> please play the new version that we yeah, have. Good point. Don't burn your whole army like that one guy did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I would like to see codexes reasonably priced. Yeah. If they were like in line with fantasy flight game books, I would be fine buying them. Like, I buy all the Edge, or me and my RPG group buy all the Edge of the Empire and a lot of the Age of Rebellion, Force, and Destiny books for mm-hmm. Star Wars role-playing. I mean, we split that up, but it's about the same as buying codexes. Like, the same pace, I mean. Yeah, I mean, coming back to the yeah. game, I saw the price of codexes, because they used to only be 30 bucks. Yeah. Like, in third ed. But they were soft cover. They were, like, paperback. Yeah. And they weren't as big. A little bit of fluff, not much. Seeing these new codexes... Mostly seeing, black and white, too. Yeah. yeah. Seeing these codexes, I was really, like, blown away. And I'm like, okay, I they're more expensive, but I also make more money now, so it's all good. Um, yeah. They're, like, don't get me wrong. Great books, very high quality, but A, comparative products from other companies yeah. that have a smaller... Like, the 40K role-playing books... Not as many people buy those as like a Space Marine Godex, but mm-hmm. they're like more competitively priced. And I think that the only thing that's going to change that is if you see other um, games become bigger. Like if you see a game like Infinity really start to become dominant in an industry. Yeah. Right? A game like X Wing pulling people away from 40K, which I don't know if it will because it's a different, it's I a think different game. Is. You think people are leaving 40K to go play X Wing? Or it's a War different Machine game, or Infinity? Yeah, that's true. War Machine too is. Uh, I think that's where you're going to see prices maybe drop, but I don't know, it's rare to see prices drop. It's almost they went the exact opposite. Instead of dropping their prices, they raised their prices, but up the quality of the of the models and of the boxes. Even if they just like held their prices steady for as long as possible, mm-hmm. or even on just certain products. Yeah. Like, a $40 jump pack Chaplin is pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one model, yeah. but... Okay, like they're not gonna make as many like I understand character figure is gonna be more expensive than like a box of guys. I mean that's still ridiculous, but I kind of understand where that money is going mm-hmm. a little more. But like with books, when I look at like other companies that are putting out the same quality products for mm-hmm. half the price. Yeah. Um or double the content for the same price, either yeah. way. So I mean that's basically like twenty fifteen looking back at it. Yeah. And that will end some of what we want to see next year. Yeah, what what rules. else do you want to see in, like, 2016? Um, Looking ahead, both in, like, uh, models and in, in rules or codexes. Well, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with Chaos, because this year they did Corn Demon Kin. Mm-hmm. So, and they just released that Zenich model as well. Then, yeah, the Gonsum. So but that's I'm, just fantasy, But do you think though. we're going to see... But do you... Do you think we might see Zenich Demon Kin? Because uh, weren't there those Thousand Sun models that were floating around? You sent me a picture of Thousand Sun models. That was Forge World 30k stuff. Oh, was it Forge yeah. World 30k? Okay. Um, yeah, so 
It'd be interesting if they just drop Codex Chaos Space Marines and Codex Chaos Demons mm -hmm. and just did three or four demons. Demon Codexes? Yeah, Demon Codex, demon Ken Codexes. So you're saying just get rid of Chaos Space Marines altogether? Because uh, there's a lot of people who would slap you for that. <laughs> okay, personally, I don't want to see... Okay. I don't want to see it. I would like to see demons and then chaos, and then you can, you know, grab an allied detachment and do a combined army. Yeah. Like, you um, could in 6th edition. So, with that being said, I've seen leaked rumors. Like, rumors, but apparently the guy had seen the actual codex okay. with the rules inside of it. And if it's true, the formations and the rules that the new in the new chaos codex are amazing. So this is a chaos, chaos space range. Yes, chaos okay. space range are going to come back like full force and be super competitive. Okay. Well, my prediction, I would have predicted. Well, I will predict because it's just a rumor, is that they'll do demon king codexes, yeah. and that in this edition we won't see chaos space rings and chaos demons. Hmm. Similarly, you don't have an adeptus mechanicus codex. You have separate codexes. Yeah. So I think they're going to do a zinch codex and then a. Nurgle Codex, and hopefully a Slanesh Codex. There's been tons of rumors Slanesh is getting axed. I think they're great. It's a great line of miniatures. I think so, too. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, oh, it's all sexy. I'm like, this is an adult game. Well, like, I don't know. There was that point where it was an adult game, and they tried to sw they're trying to switch it over to more kids now. Yeah, but... Which is which is understanding why they kind of put Slanesh on the sidelines, because it was very, like, R-rated. Yeah. Tits hanging out. I mean, hey, I love it, but... <laughs> Well, I don't like the, uh, I don't know, I think the aesthetic is a bit over the top mm -hmm. and stuff, but, like, I understand why it's there, yeah. and, like, it fits the fluff so well. I love how, like, the fall of the Eldar and this creates Slanesh. It's got a great storyline, and I also yeah. think and that... They're, they're competitive, they play really well. Yeah, I think so. that maybe the reason why they're saying, like, Slanesh is kidnapped or, or being held prisoner... That's an is, Age of Sigmar. Is right? Age of Sigmar, yeah. right? But I think the reason might be is because they like the idea... But they're trying to figure out how to remodel it, yeah. so they can get rid of all that like super sexy nudity, the, yeah, the nudity, right, and get it back down to more PG, PG thirteen, yeah. But still keep that same tone of what they're trying to go for. Maybe that's yeah. what they're working on. And don't forget, like a lot of these models are made like years ago, right? Like you get models that have like twenty thirteen on the spruce that just came out this year. So these models have been sitting in oh, in the mean, warehouse yeah. for two years, right? Yeah. So they're working on Slanesh stuff, maybe, but we won't see it for a year or two. Yeah. Other thing I'd like to see with Chaos is um, give the other gods the corn bloodthirster treatment with the massive, like, I want to see a Lord of Change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, huge. Massive awesome. Lord of Change, yeah. That Lord of Change model is awesome, but, yeah, it'd yeah. be really cool to see a massive, massive one. Yeah. Um, um, also, it's rumored that, like, Tyrannids is going to be updated, or, updated redone. or redone beginning of the year. That's yeah. the rumor. Like well, February, I'll hold off then on redoing my Tyranid, starting yeah. out my Tyranid army. Yeah, I would say hold off on buying any Tyranid stuff right now, but yeah. that'd be cool because Tyranids are awesome. Yeah, I might. I still a, a friend of mine is willing to sell me his old army at a, like a huge discount. So, oh, the whole a whole Tyranid army, yeah. Yeah, it's like sixty percent off retail, Sweet. and it's the same color scheme that I'm doing, so I wouldn't have to change too much. Nice. I mean, I don't think most of it's painted, but like the ones that are, it's the black and yellow for mm -hmm. Jor Jormungar High Fleet, I think is what it's called. Something like that. Cool. Uh, do you think we're going to see a new edition next year? I really hope not. I, I mean, I just ranted about how much I hate buying new codexes. I don't want to drop another hundred on the rule book. Yeah. Especially, I 
personally think that the 7th edition rulebook is a huge disappointment. Like, it comes with the three books, which is fine, which is cool, like, so I don't need to take, like, this massive tome with me. Yeah. But one of them is just the fluff, which is fine, and the other one is, like, fucking toilet paper. Mm -hmm. It's just pictures of their models that can go online. Yeah, so why are you paying that much money for basically one rulebook that that's all you Yeah, like, where the fuck is the campaign stuff? Where the hell is all the narrative stuff or the special missions that Mm -hmm. came in every other fucking rulebook? Yeah. It's like, why did I pay a hundred bucks for this when I go on eBay two months later and get a forty dollar rule? Yeah. Um, like it's that was the huge. That was a fucking kick in the teeth. I was really pissed about that. I would say looking so, at like the the way they release editions. Yeah. Yes, you would see one, but the way that they're releasing armies with all these like Takurian style formations and yeah. the way that they're redoing the armies, I feel like we're entering into another third ed. Where we're going to have a long break before the next edition. Because I think that they're very okay with the way the gameplay is right now. Yeah. That they're okay with the way gargantuan creatures are going. They're, they're okay with the way the flyers are going. They're okay with the way the formations are. That you're going to see this edition stay on for a long time. With a lot of new codexes and stuff like that being changed yeah. over. So it's like, well, we're not getting you on the core rulebook. We're going to get you on all these other small rules here. Yeah. Well, Get you buying a lot of campaign books. To get you to buy the formation and yeah. stuff like that. Because those campaign books are expensive, man. They're like almost 100 bucks each, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, 6th edition was a huge shake-up to the rules. Like, the jump from 5th to 6th was massive. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not happy at how quickly 7th came out. But they wanted to tighten up the rules because so many things have been introduced. Yeah. So, 7th is a pretty decent rule set, I think. So they don't need to. They don't need to release a new edition right mm-hmm. away. Where you it could almost just be like a money grab if they were doing it, right? Yeah, I feel. Well, the you could make the argument that they needed to do seventh mm-hmm. because six needed updates. I, you also can make the argument that they didn't, but there yeah. there isn't a, as strong of a case to release eighth. Yeah. However, at the end of six, like because formations were starting to come out, but there wasn't the same. Uh, army building structure yeah and like someone would post a picture online it's like oh here's how you build an army here's your cat here's your optional allied detachment here's your optional inquisition detachment here's your optional um legion of the damned detachment and it was this massive chart that you had to follow yeah where now it's it's getting similar to that like it's getting x the game's getting exponentially more complicated do you feel like they have to add it in an eighth edition because of the decurion style formation that's what i'm saying maybe they'll feel like oh we need to even this out kind of yeah fun through that i feel like they addressed it well in the rule book yeah like here's how you build an army yeah i think that um one of the good things about maybe getting a new edition in 2016 is a new box set i mean those box sets are always amazing deals yeah that's true so even if you don't play the army, it's like the mods that you're getting inside of them are yeah. a good deal. It's a great starter to start up the yeah, yeah, if yeah. you want to. And you could throw in two armies in that that don't have those formations yet. Yeah. Right? And put them in there with new codexes on the launch. Um, but uh, so there's also like these, they're releasing like all these box set like board games now. Like uh, Betrayal of Kalth came out. Yeah. Execution and, Force came out. Yeah. Was there any other one? I think it was just those two. I think it was just those two. It started with Execution Force, then they had Betrayal at Kalth. I feel like there was another one before that, before I started Well, they've playing. done Space Hulk before. Space Hulk, That yeah. wasn't this year, though. They actually just had a Space Hulk in the store the other day that someone bought and didn't last very long on yeah. the shelf. 
I think there's I want to play that game so bad. I think there's still one at Brimstone. Right on. And there's, like, other ones at Brimstone, like the um, Orc Space Wolves one and Blood Angels Tyranids one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I should really look at... Ah. <laughs> but I think that you're going to see um, more of those board games come out. They're going to keep with that trend. Yeah. And... Um, even build on like expansions on it, maybe like you might get a Betrayal of Kalth expansion, yeah, right. You might get an Execution Force expansion, and that's ways of bringing in um, new players, new and stuff. new armies as well. Yeah, it's like okay, well we have an Execution Force, we're gonna add in a new mission yeah. for Execution Force with a new army, a new miniatures to bring in, right? Yeah, um, and of course, same thing you sell for a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. You saw the expansion pack for hundred bucks or a whole new game that you attach onto the other one for another hundred and fifty, hundred and eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. Um also like this is just a rumor, but it seems like it's pretty strong, is that Death Watch is gonna be the next game. Yeah. Now whether that's a redoing of uh like Space Hulk or something like that. Or even Execution Force. Yeah, no, Execution Force, yeah. Yeah. Um and then maybe with Gene Stealers. That'd be cool. I'd like to see something else because Gene Stealers are in done in Space Hulk, so... Yeah, I mean, but the Gene Steelers kind of... They need a... Nobody runs them anymore, right? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, then we'll see what happens. That's what I mean, that's why you can take stuff like that and make them on as expansions or as full board games to redo them. You were also saying Death Watch might get their own codex. That was the rumor that I heard was that Death Watch was going to be a whole new army. Which I scoffed at at first, but then we talked about a little more. Yeah. You see, this year, you had two brand new army well maybe not brand new but like adeptus mechanicus came out mm-hmm. a whole new line harlequin's got their own book which they either haven't had since second edition or they've never had i don't i'm not sure and then when did the militarum tempest or tempest militarum come out was it early this year or was it uh, that was late last, last year yeah it was like yeah but it's still the same thing right no but it's the no, same thing they have their own codex okay but that's more of like an a supplement but it's more of a supplement but it's still in and of itself, more units, more... Yeah, but it's not as fleshed out as much as the Harlequins and oh, the okay, yeah. Adeptus Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like three units. Where, I mean, the Harlequin's not a big range, mm-hmm. but they have, like, you know, three uh, characters, a troop choice, a transport, a heavy support, and, like, bikes. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's about it. It's not that but much, I think but next but year you are going to see another, like, one or two armies that you haven't really seen before with a full... Yeah. Codex. So we were talking about um, Death Watch as a possibility. I suggested we could see Croup Mercenaries get their own Croup Mercenaries. I don't think it's going to happen, but you could. It, I don't it, know it, it's but it's happen. an option that they could go yeah. with, right? Yeah. Because you didn't see a lot of, um, in the new Tau Codex, you didn't see a lot of new. Like we didn't aliens. see any new aliens yeah. join the Tau, right? So Croup Mercenary or like Tau Empire Auxiliary. Or that something. would be a cool one. Tau yeah. Empire Auxiliary and then make them an allied force yeah, of the Tau. and yeah. stuff. Um, demons. We mentioned like different Demon King Codexes come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of the biggest things though that came out at the end of this year was the fact that they're relaunching Specialist Games. Yeah, that was the big rumor. And I honestly, I think that's because of X-Wing. Interesting. I think yeah. that they saw how how well fleet-based games were going, and they're like, well, let's bring back our fleet-based game. And like, well, we're not going to create a whole division just for one game, so let's bring back all those games that yeah. people like. I know Meeple Mart used to have a pretty big Blood Bowl community. Mm-hmm. That's coming back. Yeah. Right? And don't get me wrong, man, I... Like, if I can throw out a Skaven Blood Bowl team, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
BFG, which we mentioned. Uh, there are skirmish games. Necromunda, Mordheim could be coming back. Hopefully Inquisitor. That's my favorite specialist game. Yeah, I wonder the thing is the, the rules for Inquisitor are online for free right now. Uh, not on the GW site. Not on the GW okay, site, but you can get the, it very easily. If you go to the Conclave, which is a, like the place to go for Inquisitor stuff, mm-hmm. it's a forum, and they have all the stuff that GW ever published yeah. from Inquisitor. And there's the no website. reason why they can't bring it back 28mm. You don't have to go with that no. with the big Inquisitor models now, right? Yeah, and there's also Dark Heresy and the other uh, Fantasy Flight role-playing games. They have yeah. a similar rule set. It's on the D100 system. Yeah. So so I think that you're not going to see that right off the bat. I think that maybe 2017 you might see Inquisitor. Yeah. If Specialist Games does well, you might see them expanding more. The yeah. way that they're talking about it is it's going to be done in quarters. So it's oh. going to start off with, like, I think they're going to start off with Necromunda or mm-hmm. Mordheim, and then it's going to be like Battle of Gothic, the other Necromunda or Mordheim, then yeah. Blood Bowl. 2017, first quarter, Necromunda. Second quarter, Black I see. So they're going to get updates once a year yeah. with new a new wave of models coming in once a year and stuff. That's cool. And that's a good way of pacing themselves mm-hmm. and keeping people, like, because you don't want to just, people that are playing 40K or Age of Sigmar, they're more likely to play the other specialist games as opposed to newcomers yeah. coming in just randomly. But it's a new way of being Depends. like, well, I don't, I don't want to just, oh, you're throwing all these new models at me. I don't have enough money to spend, yeah. so I'm just going to not buy this. Which it's like, well, once a year, I know this time of year, I buy my Battlefield Gothic stuff. Oh, so your prediction now is that GW is going to inform their consumers of when they're releasing stuff? Because <laughs> that would be revolutionary for this. I don't moment. think they're going to inform it, but you're going to be able to tell within a year of it coming out. Like, they release Necromunda stuff. Do they release any Necromunda stuff? Then the next year more stuff comes out. Okay, that's their game plan. That's what yeah. they're going to be doing. Right? Yeah. Now, do they bring all this stuff out in board game style? I don't know. They might. They might not. I think you're going to see it in board game style. I think you're going to see a Battlefield Gothic box set. Yeah. Board game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with um, specialist games because I was just listening to an old episode of the Independent Characters and they were talking about how specialist games. Sometimes it was it was like the you know the first hits free like get it get into Necromunda and then you'll get into Forty K yeah and sometimes the other way around oh I really love Forty K but I want to do Fleet Base so I'm gonna get in Battlefleet Gothic mm-hmm. so it's it's a good gateway drug mm-hmm. to the hobby and it's also like a good secondary drug to the yeah. hobby um speaking of like gateway uh Balfour gothic because it takes place in the 40k mm-hmm. universe right um i really want to see maybe this is the spoiled third ed jason talking i want to see a worldwide 40k campaign yeah i want to see gw really put it down and be like yo guys let's get this together let's have some fun and having Battlefleet gothic come out right around when that campaign oh, is starting yeah. up, you link it in, be like, you can also include your Battlefleet Gothic results yeah. in this. And that will get people really into like, oh, great, there's a whole new game out, I'll buy myself. Now I have a way, and other people will want to play that game as well to add to this worldwide campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I want to see a massive 40K campaign, very Armageddon-esque. Yeah. Okay. Do you I have no idea how what they would do based off of, but... Do you want to go into uh, the next section, or do you want to take a break? Um, Let's quickly talk about our hobbying goals for maybe 2016, 2015. Next year, 2016. Alright, so do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So, um, I want to buy, like, March or April. Mm -hmm. I want to have all my Tau done. Okay. 
I want to have everything done, everything painted. Mm-hmm. Just I don't have to pick up models for them anymore, other than the new stuff that I'm buying. Yeah. To do them, I want to have that army 100% complete. That's kind of like my shorter 2016 goal, mm-hmm. with having my Space Marine army done as well. Then we'll go from there. I don't know what else I'm going to do afterwards. I think I said I was going to do a little bit of orcs afterwards. So have your Space Marine army done by by the end of 2016. Space Marine army has to be done 100%. So March with March within first quarter, or first third, and then Space yeah. Marine by the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. What about you, buddy? Um, well, I've switched gears back to the Blood Angels, so mm-hmm. I would like to get, I guess, short-term goal, get all my current models painted up, so all my TAC Marines, I've got like 30 TAC Marines that need to be painted, mm-hmm. a bunch of vehicles that need to be painted. Long-term, I don't know, I haven't really thought too much about past that. Is there anything you want to start in 2016? Are you thinking of any new armies? Well, I'm always thinking new. Ones, <laughs> but, uh, my I've got about fifteen hundred points of nids that are need to be updated to be usable. Mm-hmm. So that's an option. And I think if if a new codex comes out, you're really gonna get into that. Yeah. Uh, also, I keep putting aside terrain projects. I'd like to do that. Yeah, like, especially seeing all that terrain today at the store. Yeah. So like building up my board, maybe doing a second board. Mm-hmm. We even saw all those like lamp posts and stuff, just like. Yeah, so much city turn. Table. Yeah, so doing stuff like that'd be sweet. Uh, otherwise, if maybe halfway through the year, I'll switch back to my dark Eldar and try and get all that painted. But yeah, I don't want to dive into a new army until these ones are like pretty fleshed out. Yeah. So maybe like an allied force here and there, but that's about it. Um, other goal though. So Jason, yes, you said. You want to see a 40k worldwide campaign? Yes. Well, we have the power of the internet. Ooh. I, I'm assuming you listened to the last episode, but yes, Aaron sir, and I were talking about that. Doing a worldwide 40k campaign. Well, yeah. Why not? Why not? As a podcast. Yeah. Do you run a worldwide campaign. Of course, man. Run it. You can, we can run on iToy Soldiers. Mm-hmm. We can talk to Rob, who runs that, and get him to implement what we need. Yeah. Maybe not next year. I mean, we did an episode on... You guys did an episode on running campaigns and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why everyone on iToy Soldiers wouldn't want to join in on that. Yeah, well, like, we're sort of... We've got, like, this weird situation where we're in two different cities with two different, like, locals. Yeah. And this campaign that I'm running starting in January is just going to be local to Windsor, but I think after that, any campaign I run is going to be at least connected to Toronto. Yeah, for sure. So... Yeah, um, I think we should look into doing that. I think so as too. A goal. <laughs> and also a hobby goal: keep the podcast going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, all through twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, we're on this is episode six. Yeah, so not bad so far. So far, right now, man. Okay, cool. Uh, let's take a short break, and we'll come back beyond the room. All right. All right, and we're uh, back, and we're gonna go beyond the room. I don't know why you have to say it like that. I feel like you have to say it yeah. like that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, we should get some like Star Wars theme music to play in there. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty sick. And start with time, with time. Start podcast. taking this podcast. The next eventually, time. people are going to be like, "Oh, I remember when I listened to those first episodes of that podcast. God, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it still is today. <laughs> and um, they've only gone downhill. <laughs> so I haven't been playing too many other things. I mean, it's the holiday season, man. It's hard yeah. to get in a lot of games. But, um... Just means you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> no, but I picked up some X-Wing stuff. I mean, I only really play X-Wing with you or, like, 
You. <laughs> I haven't really gotten out to like an X-Wing night around Toronto, which, but I should because there's so many people here. Yeah. But I picked up two more just regular ties because I really want to start flying that swarm. Yeah. And learn a lot more about the game on like the synergy of creating a... Yeah, running a running a formation. swarm. Not just a swarm, but like uh, the hundred formation. The, yeah, the hundred right. points that you put out yeah. there. How each ship should really feed off one another. Sometimes just run two ships and operate yeah. independently. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, we played a game the other day, and uh, I ran a. Um, you ran a formation of four ties. Yeah, it was a four tie swarm with different and then abilities. the phantom. Yeah. So I had Howl Runner, so everyone's re-rolling one dice. Um, one guy was the guy that allows you, like, within range one to roll an extra attack dice. You were doing a swarm tactics. And then so. both of them had swarm tactics, so everyone was firing at seven and eight. Yeah. And then I had the Phantom, which basically his job was, like, either you're going to go for the swarm and the Phantom's going to flank you, mm -hmm. decloak, and get his four or five shots off at you. Oh, that's how that worked. Or you're going <laughs> to chase him and the TIE Swarm is going to come at yeah. you. Right, so he's just staying cloaked until he comes in close. Um, not not a great list, but uh, for my first list that I made, but much mine. better than mine. <laughs> so I last time we played, I ran like my tournament or very similar to my tournament list, and mm -hmm. it was pretty bad. I felt really bad about it. No, but at the same time, I had like three ships that I was trying to push to like a hundred points, which yeah. is not the way to play Tie Fighters. I just I didn't have the model, so that's how we had to play. But anyways, this game I didn't want to run that list, so I wanted to try something new. So I ran a T seventy X Wing base very basic low pilot skill guy. Low pilot skill E Wing and then Chewie at the helm of the Falcon with a gunner and I think BB eight was in the T seventy X Wing. And that was it. So those three ships. Pretty bare bones. The Falcon might have had another ability, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But that TIE Swarm just ate my two fighters alive. Yeah. And then Chewie was kind of flying around trying not to die. Yeah, well, I mean, the way you deployed, you put your your two fighters in the center, and then I put my TIE Swarm on one side, and you put your Falcon on the other. Yeah. So it kind of left me to, like, okay, well, there are those two guys that I'm going for first, yeah. right? And then the Phantom worked on them as well, and then the... Millennium Falcon was left over. Yeah, and then we, we had a run to a friend, so we didn't play it out till the Falcon was destroyed. Well, you called it quits anyways, but... Yeah, that's yeah. what... Yeah, it yeah. was down to, like... like a three hull points left or something like that, yeah. Mind you, that ship was a fucking beast, so that lasted a while. Yeah. So um, five shields, eight hull. Yes, yeah, please. Not too much on uh, X-Men, but yeah. you started playing Armada more. You guys talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, uh, so I picked up... Well, I mentioned earlier, I picked up something for every game I played. Yeah. So, for X-Wing, I picked up Dice. Uh, I still need to get the Force Awakens core set. And then, for Armada, I picked up the Rebel Assault Frigate. And I was lucky enough to snag the uh, Rebel Fighters, because they've been sold out everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, now I have every ship I need for my tentative Armada list, which is... The Assault Frigate, the MC-80, and the MC-30, so the three Mon Cal ships, and then a spat, splattering of either B-Wings or X-Wings, I think. So, I'm really excited about that. My roommate just picked up some Imperial stuff, so we're going to start playing games. Mm -hmm. And this model is really cool, too, man. Yeah, the Assault Frigate, today, yeah. yeah. It, it feels very Star Wars. They really got it down pat. Oh, yeah. So... My list is going to specialize in, like, broadsides, hitting people. In the, I'm running Akbar, so, like, from the left and right hall zones, there's just going to be loads of dice. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so not too much arm, not too much X Wing. A little bit of Armada. I think we're gonna play tonight or tomorrow. We'll yeah. Talk about that yeah, next. Like first Armada. impressions from me next. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna teach you this week. So. But you've been playing a fair amount of Star Citizen, though, right? Well, not as much as I'd like to. So Star Citizen is a PC game. It's base. It's by uh, Chris Roberts, who did Wing Commander and that other another game. I can't remember. <laughs> Blanking. Anyways. Yeah, so like other space sims back in the day that were like hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I'm really pissed I can't remember. Anyways, you can look it up. It's pretty big. Uh, Star Citizen is huge though. They just broke $100 million crowdfunded. So this game is like completely funded by the players, not by like EA or some big distributor. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's got a little bit of controversy yet uh, lately in the past few weeks, but it's still really good. And they just dropped. What's their, the controversy from? Uh, whether or not the game will ever be finished because mm. it's still in alpha. Oh, okay. So you can go on like the Escapist. They did a big expose about it, where like former employees came forward and said like this game's never going to be finished. Then about a month later, they dropped a massive patch. So I don't know. It, I'm I'm not judging. Base. I'm just going to wait and see. I think it'll take a while, but it's a sick Strike game. Commander? No, it was Wing Commander and then something else. <laughs> you're, Anyways. you're up on the interwebs. Yeah, I'm looking up on the interwebs. So, anyway, the big thing about Star Citizen is it's a, it's a simulation where you fly a ship from first person, like cockpit perspective, but yeah. you also it's also a first person shooter. And it's, yeah, Freelancer, that's yeah. it. Freelancer, Wing Commander, and then now Star Citizen. So you can get out of your cockpit chair, walk around your ship, get out onto like a space station or planet, pick up a gun and start having like a first person shooter battle. Yeah, someone was telling seamless. me about this game, but some yeah, it still has a lot of glitches. Like there's this What's one an, it's an there's alpha. This, yeah, there's like, this one ship that you can't even get into. Yeah. <laughs> but you there apparently there's like buttons, so you'll be in space and you press a button, but there what there's not like there's like three buttons in the cockpit, but they're not labeled and you press one button, it opens up your hatch and you get sucked out. Yeah, that happened to me. <laughs> Uh, I stole someone's big constellation the mm-hmm. one time I was playing and started taking off and flying, but like I wasn't very good, so it was like scraping all the holes. <laughs> and I was gonna self destruct it, but then I tried to find the hatch to get out of yeah. it so I could run. And then the other guy took the pilot chair, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> the owner of the ship. So it's it's still an alpha, like it's very glitchy. But the latest patch they released is the test persistent universe. So yeah. it's. You, uh, where before you could just like dogfight in an arena mm-hmm. now you can actually go into like the solar system and fly around and explore oh, and that's stuff. Cool. so my roommate also has it now and so hopefully we'll play I've been having connection issues at home so I haven't been able to play that much but yeah. hopefully next year sweet man mm, in 2016 um I've also been working a little bit on a Zombicide campaign mm-hmm. I kind of want to get one night in start the campaign off before uh, before the new year yeah and, uh, so, I don't know, I kind of took, like, notes from around, uh, around the internet. Mm-hmm. Kind of took what I liked, put it together. We're yeah. going to try it out, see how it works. I'll go over roughly, kind of, how the game, like, how the rules go. You kind of have to have a basic understanding of Zombicide, if you're going to understand any of this. Like, but that's what this session yeah, is. You have, yeah, you have so. a player card that has, like, for each kill you get, raises your experience point. There's different threat levels. The higher threat level you are the more zombies are appearing on the board. And the more abilities you want. The more abilities you're getting. So the better your guy gets, the harder it gets, um, but the better your guy is. And, more zombies. But in a kill. campaign, you kind of have to adjust that. Yeah. Because 
you don't want to start every level fresh because then you're just playing one individual mission after one individual yeah. mission. You want your character to progress. But at the same time, you don't want to start every mission with the highest level. Yeah. Because it is easy in one level, in one game, to get to the max level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how it works is each threat level is considered a survival point. Okay. So let's say you get to the third level mm-hmm. at the end of the mission. Okay. Now you have three survival points. Um, for each supply card that you keep, so like a bag of rice or a bottle of water, mm-hmm. at the end, because normally these are things that just take up your inventory unless the mission states you have to hold on to them. Yeah. So unless you, you don't have to find these things, you don't really, you just I dis- might as well just hold on to five weapons. Yeah, you just discard them usually. Yeah. Um, but if you carry one of those things with you at the end of the mission, that's a survival point. Okay. So it adds more depth to the game, yeah. to the missions. Now, those survival points can be cashed in in between missions. It's kind of like you go back to your camp, mm-hmm. right? So one point removes a wound that you have. Okay. Or two wounds kills a guy. So if you have one wound, it's going to carry over. Right. But unless you have bandages or, or use a survival point, you get rid of that wound. Okay. Um, two points raises your starting threat level up one at the start of the next scenario. So you start in yellow. So you start in yellow, so you start with an extra action. Yeah. Right? Which is handy. It's going to make the levels... Tougher. Tougher. But once you've played the game a few times around, being in blue, being in the first threat level, is like nothing. Yeah. You're actually at like a huge disadvantage being at blue. Blue Because you're like, okay, I wish I could be doing more, right? Yeah, yeah. And then three points, you start the next mission with a name skill your character normally doesn't possess. So, I know later on, like, I have, um, season three, there's a helicopter. Yeah. Only certain people can fly the helicopter. Mm-hmm. But you could use three points to learn that skill. Now, when you spend these points, is it just... So, if I spend three points to learn how to fly a helicopter, mm-hmm. is it just for that one mission I learned? I think we have to work around that. I was just thinking about that, too, because three points seems like not a lot to learn a skill. Especially when you can get three points in one game. Yeah. Right? So if you have a perfect game, I mean, I guess that's justifiable to learn yourself a brand new skill. Mm-hmm. But maybe you would have to, maybe I'd have to go through all the skills and kind of figure out, okay, this is worth three, this one's worth five, this one's worth yeah. however much, right? And it's also, when you, oh, am I starting every game in yellow, or is it just the next game I start in yellow? I would think it's just the next game. If you want to spend those two points to start the next one up, yeah, that's okay. why you spend the next one up. Um, I think eventually, too, like, because normally campaigns will be played, like, multiple missions in yeah. one night. Um, you start the first one in blue, everything else starts in yellow. Every other mission in that In that, like, storyline. Oh, okay, In that yeah. night starts at yellow. That's a good idea. Um, but likewise, you can still spend the two points to raise your threat level to... Orange? To orange, nice. right? Because um, some people want those extra experience points to bump them up. Or maybe what you could say is, just spitballing here, you... If you're doing like a five camp, five mission arc, yeah. you spend your two points to get bumped up to start yellow, mm-hmm. and now every game thereafter you start yellow. And if you want to spend two more points, you can start at orange, but that's yeah. you start orange just for that game. Just for that one. And then one. next one you go back to yeah, yellow. Yeah, that's not bad, yeah. Or you spend four to get up to red, yeah. which would and be insane. But obviously certain missions will have survivors that you can find, that you can save. Oh, okay. And those survivors go back to your camp, so you can keep those player cards. Yeah. Right? And you can use them, so you don't always have to use your guy, because maybe there's another character oh. that has skills that will be beneficial to a mission you're going to be playing. Yeah. Um, or if but you have a likewise, wounded character or something. Yeah, or a wounded character, but you don't have the experience points, you mm-hmm. can keep that back. Um, but likewise, if a character dies in a mission, dies completely. So if you've been playing the guy for 
all the missions and yeah. he dies, well, now you got to pick one of the survivors that you have. Yeah, and you lose all those skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that you've been investing in. So it's a lot like um, if anyone's played Ultimate Alliance. That's kind of the idea that I want to get where you have this like stable of guys that you've been building up. Yeah. And you, you probably want to focus on one that's your main guy, mm-hmm. but don't focus on him too much because if he dies, now yeah. you're... Now you're five missions into a campaign and you have a basic level guy sitting in the background that you just yeah. haven't worked on at all and now everyone else is high and you're, you're garbage. You're sober. <laughs> you are sober. Um, Ultimate Alliance, that's that Marvel game, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the Marvel... Um, yeah, I never played too much of it. But oh, really? It's fun. It's a good game. Yeah, I know you and like some of the other guys. Some of the guys are really into that. We but, always end up playing the exact same level over and over. Yeah. Um, what about weapons? Those carry over at all? Can you spend points to hold on weapons? Yeah, so certain range weapons and like chainsaws, especially chainsaws, um, you can carry them over. You can always carry over one weapon from mission to mission. Okay. Right, so that stops people from like loading up okay. there. Like but that. it'll be, you can carry over one weapon or spend survival points to carry over an additional weapon. Okay. Um, however, certain things like a chainsaw starts the next mission tapped. You can't use it. Meaning you can't use it. So you turn it sideways, can't use it, unless one of your other members, or you, have a can of gasoline, Mm. or you find gasoline. And it's like you fill up the chainsaw, right? Likewise, um, if you have a ranged weapon, it starts tapped until you find a plenty of ammo card. Or someone has a plenty of ammo card. Because then it's like, you got extra shells, use them. But if you use that plenty of ammo card, it gets discarded. Same with the gas. I'd Same say. with the gas gets discarded. Yeah. Which, anyone who doesn't play Zombicide, gas is really important because it can make Molotovs. It can make Molotovs, which is the only thing that can kill an Abomination. Uh, there's other I think there are other ways to do it, but that's like the main way of yeah. killing an Abomination. Do you have the Concrete Saw in either of the ones you have? I don't think so, no. Yeah, the, I have that one. That can kill an Abomination. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, uh, there's also, and toying around with a flashlight rule, because flashlights right now are... Man. They're pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah. But there's going to be... You're going to roll for night fighting on certain missions, if not all missions. And if you don't have a flashlight, mm-hmm. then you can't shoot outside of your... Um, room? Your room, your square that you're in. Your line of sight okay. is... You can't see ranged. So you can't see into the next room. Yeah, but if, if, if somebody who has a flashlight is in the room with you, you share their flashlight. Oh, okay. Right? What um, about infiltrators? <laughs> you said night roll for night fighting. No, roll for night fighting. All those cover saves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so stealth, or is it just plus one to my save? Yeah, I think that's it. I, I really want to toy around with that. I think it's going to be fun. we got to get that started. Yeah. Uh, we also wanted to touch on Age of Sigmar. Age of that Sigmar. dropped this year. And I think I'm getting into Age of Sigmar. Yeah, you said you're picking up Skaven, right? Well, I have some leftover Skaven stuff from when we used to play. I don't know what edition fantasy that was. Maybe fourth. But, um, fantasy edition. Yeah. So I had some Skaven stuff, and now uh, Games Workshop Young and Lawrence is going to be running a fantasy campaign. Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar campaign. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, what the hell, man? It'll get me to paint some of the Skaven stuff. It's a little different than the 40k stuff I've been painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be running... To start off, I think it's Clan Skyr or Skier. It's like Skyr's the, the tech one. Yeah, because I have a lot of like rattling guns and the... Warp throwers, the globadiers, and like the there's also like another warp flame weapon that warp are all yeah that are all fucking amazing in the game. Yeah. Um, so it's I'm gonna kind of start with that, and then but I want to lean more towards pestilence 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so get some plague monks, plague priest. Uh, I want to get the, um, not the screaming bell, but the, uh, the shit we were just talking about. <laughs> plague brazier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brazier. The, not the um, bra, but the plague. Sensor. Yeah. Sensor bear. Yeah, no, something like another, that. You know. Anyway, I want to get that. Uh, and then maybe mix in some Nurgle demons in there as well. Because I've always wanted to do Nurgle uh, Chaos for 40k. Mm. But um, I didn't want to start like a whole new army. But, but if I start Nurgle demons, plague bears and stuff, I can just... bring that over and just play Nurgle demons in 40k, yeah. right? Um, Who corrupted your town? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> not the Grey Knights, that wouldn't make any so, sense. So yeah, but my Skaven are going to be real, like, more laid back army. Yeah. I'm going to dry brush it all. I'm not going to worry about, like, detail detailing yeah. it. I mean, I don't want them to look like shit, but I'm not going to worry about spending, like, a yeah. fair amount. Like, I'm going to get a box of Plague Monks, mm-hmm. get the colors on, dry brush them. Yeah. Right. Just so I can get out there and play because it is nice to if the community's playing the game to join in. Yeah, and get for sure. In there, and I know like a lot of the guys at GW know that like I'm playing and I'm gonna be the guy that like oh yeah I get to play against Jason I'm gonna beat him. Right. <laughs> it's like I just want to get out there and try Age of Sigmar out. I got yeah. I got a lot of models so I might as well just put them on the table and yeah, see yeah. how the game plays. Right. Yeah, I've still got my uh, high elf stuff. No, no, I set it on fire. <laughs> oh, that was you that set his army <laughs> yeah. on fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah I. I don't really like the High Elves that much anymore. Yeah. Like, I liked them as a kid, but now they're pretty boring, I yeah. think, so... Uh, not that I'm planning on getting an Age of Sigmar, but I wouldn't do High Elves. No, I mean, so, I, that was my problem with fantasy, was I found a lot of the armies to just be very generic fantasy armies. Yeah. I find the undead stuff kind of cool. Yeah, the Skaven are so cool. Skaven, well, that's what drew me to them, was like, yeah. that was so different to any fantasy stuff that I had seen before, yeah. like rap people. Yeah. Um... That that's why I've always been a Skaven guy when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. If they if Age of Sigmar hadn't happened and I'd gotten into fantasy, I probably would have done Skaven. Mm-hmm. And I wish that when I was younger, when I had all when I was buying that Skaven stuff, that I had like a calling to pestilence. Yeah. Because I would have bought more stuff. Because I look at my stuff now, it's like I don't really have any pestilence stuff. No. But that's what I want to play, so I kinda yeah. have to start buying that way if I want to spend money on it. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. Maybe the Lizardmen, they seem really cool. Blah. <laughs> That's a dinosaur. Yeah, I know. That, that is pretty cool. Or um, Chaos is also awesome. Yeah, Chaos is cool. Yeah, Orcs maybe. I was thinking, I was just telling you this, um, I was looking at converting an Orc War Boss. Yeah. like, they aren't, like, Orc War Boss is supposed to be the biggest boys in the field. So. Yeah. But they don't have any huge model except for Gaskell. But then I was looking at, like, if you take an Ogre, Fancy Ogre, as your base, and then, like, Orcify him, that would be a really good one. Yeah, 40 KM, yeah. Um, yeah. I know a guy that's starting an Orc army right now um, that got the Gazgul yeah, the model. model. And I was like, oh, but you're building, like, a Speed Freak-style army. Mm-hmm. You're going to get Gazgul? Like, you're going to put Gazgul in there? He's like, no, nah, man, that's just the only model that's big enough to justify being a war boss. Yeah, exactly. He's like, well, that kind of sucks that there's only one model that everybody has to use for, like, their war. I mean, I'm sure there are other awesome ones out there that you can make. Oh, really? But unless you're doing conversion. But I think Orcs is the best army for conversion, man. Because you just do whatever the fuck yeah. you want when it comes to Orcs. Well, we saw, we were at Meeple Mart, and one of the third-party uh, bits was, like, this Orc tech freak heads. Yeah. And those were awesome. Yeah, they look awesome, yeah. Actually... Yeah, I might do up a just do an orc war boss conversion just for the fuck of hell. Just for the fun of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's hobbying, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but the I did that orc war boss for the campaign a few 
months ago. Yeah, that was he looks good. Yeah. yeah, and it was fun painting. Yeah. Real easy to do, mm-hmm. too. No, I like painting orcs, man. That's why I want to do orcs after all those. After yeah. all my all those space marines. End yeah. of 2016, I think I'll just, just a small, like, 1,000, 1,500 point force. Yeah. Just to pull out and play every... That's what I, I don't want to say about, like, every ones. army. Yeah, just do a thousand. Yeah, at least that's three thousand points at least. Um, cool, man. I think that's it for me. All right, uh, we'll be right back when we close out the show. All right, so that was episode six of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, unfortunately, before we could record this segment, Jason was uh, sucked into a Tesseract vault. Uh, we've got our best tech priests on it, so hopefully they'll be able to free him before the tournament this Saturday. Uh, again, quick plug if you haven't signed up. The uh, Greater Windsor Table Warriors are hosting a tournament this Saturday, January 16th at Brimstone Games. It's a $10 entry, 1,000 points, Highlander. Uh, go to iToy Soldiers, check it out. And if you haven't signed up on iToy Soldiers, itoysoldiers.com, sign up. Great new update there. Uh, check out local stores, uh, Brimstone Games in Windsor, Eugene Games Workshop, Leon Lawrence in Toronto, Meeple Mart, or whatever local stores are nearby you. Check out on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. Uh, you can go to check us out on iToy Soldiers, itoysoldiers.com slash users slash wrong dash side dash maelstrom. And that's about it. We'll be uh, dropping next episode, uh, hopefully a review of the tournament this Saturday, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. Thank you.